peace, love, and light, loved ones. I'm Lady Khadija, here with another episode of Thrive, Flourish, Prosper. So it's been some time um, since I've uh, shared here, and I've been on an unintended hiatus for oh nearly three months. Um, I want to say my last episode was in March sometime, and this is June, so um, and it's my birthday month, so I wanted to come back to you guys and I've been experiencing so two things happened in my life Um, and both of these things kind of highlight the topic of this podcast this week so um, if you are here at the Thrive Flourish Prosper podcast you know that the the universe consists of spiritual laws Um, and these laws I don't know, depending on who, you know, there are dozens of spiritual laws. Some people say five, some people say seven, some people say 12, but there are, um, you know, uh, most consistent universal laws can be um, broken down into four categories. So we have the first category, which are basic laws of life, and then you have the laws of creation, the laws of higher awareness. And the laws of higher frequency. And so I want to talk a little bit about one of those basic laws of life. And in that category, those laws are the law of attraction, which most people are familiar with. And it's kind of like, that's kind of like the introduction to the universal spiritual laws, right? Um, but then you in that category, also you have the law of request. The law of attachment, the law of projection, the law of reflection, and the law of resistance, sometimes called the law of non-resistance. So the law of resistance, um, and I've had two grand experiences over the last three months that fall into that category, um, or that, yeah, that kind of can fall into this category. So the law of resistance basically to put simply is what you resist persists. So the last episode that I recorded, I think was a, um, a short cause you know, between, between, um, four episodes, I'll do a short episode. So I was on my way to a new job. And, um, since then I've actually started in the classroom with this job. And so, um, and I was kind of, I was, you know, I, I think I, I told you guys that I was out of work for a long time, um, unintentionally for the most part, um, only I think for about 15 months and only three or four of those months were intentional. Um, but it happened the right way. So when I started back to work, I was, um, really kind of anxious right like I was I um I was applying for jobs that I could work from home because I have plans and um 
I, I really wasn't trying to go back to teaching just yet. And when I when I did it, I wanted to do um, I wanted to do it my way. And I, it wasn't working out for me. So I had applied for all of these uh, work from home customer service jobs, and nothing was happening. Nothing was coming through. Like it was it was odd. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode. But like, and there were jobs that I was promised. And it, it just was not happening. And I was so frustrated. And so I finally decided, okay, let me just not. And let me go ahead um, and start applying for teaching jobs. And I applied for like three teaching jobs. And I got offered all three positions. Um, and hint, the law of non-resistance, right? When I stopped resisting this thing called early childhood education it all just kind of opened up and whoosh right and so I had to um I had to choose and so I had a job that I could have started like it was one at a catholic school and or a christian school I don't know if it was catholic but it was a christian school and it was part-time and the pay rate changed the day I went on my interview so I of course I didn't take that job and then I was offered another job at a center that kind of reminded me of a place where I used to work that had a horrible experience um and but I was gonna take it right like I was I was gonna take it and something said spirit told me like nope um and the day I got offered that job I also was offered a position that I really really wanted it was a good pay um I guess for the position decent benefits um and at a, a school and not a center, right? And, um, but I knew it was going to be a while before I could get in the classroom. And I got offered the position in February. I got hired in March, like in six weeks, I think it was six weeks after I was offered the position was when I got hired. And in another week or two before I actually got in the classroom. And so, um, but when I said, when I stopped worrying because I'm starting to like need to go to work now, right? Um, when I stopped worrying about it, when I let it be, was like, when I got the call, like, okay, we got you on the payroll, we got you um, everything straight with HR, um, you can, when can you start? You know, can you, <laughs> so that kind of worked out, but. On a, on a deeper note, around that same time, um, when I when I was experiencing this, there was a brother, um, very nice guy. Like I'm not, I don't want to disparage this guy. Um, and this is about more about me than about him. Um, and he might actually listen to this, so I definitely don't want like. You know, I'm not dissing or nothing like that, but this is, I, I realized. Now, he was interested um, in marriage. And for those of you who don't know, in Islam, marriage is considered half of our religion or half our deen. Um, and it's very important. And so important that the Prophet, وسلم, the messenger of Islam, said that marriage is our way and those who don't marry are not of me and so um marriage is highly regarded and very important in islam and 
um, we do marriage differently. It's not, you know, always arranged. There's a lot of misconceptions about marriage. Um, a lot of people confuse cultural uh, customs with the religion. So, uh, but because marriage is so important and there's no dating in Islam, a lot of people skip that getting to know you phase, right? Um, they skip courtship, which is highly recommended and very important. Um, and they rush right into it. And I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. I've been married more than once. Um, and so the brother was interested in marriage and he was very clear about that. And I was also very clear that while I do want to be married, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Right. Um, and I noticed that, and, and, but I agreed to talk, right, and get to know him. I agreed to a courtship, but I did not agree to marriage. I agreed to a committed courtship, which in my mind meant that I wouldn't be talking to anybody else about marriage. Um, but I did not agree to marriage. And I was very upfront about that, and I was very forthcoming. And he was also very upfront about his intentions. But I, I noticed that whenever I would say it, and I'm not even sure if I want to get married or I'll need to take some time to do me, you know, or to get to know me because, like I mentioned in previous episodes, this is the first time in my life that I was, I've been allowed to make it about me, that I've only had to focus on me. I've only had to be concerned or considerate about me, and I'm taking this time to get to know me. And what I like again, and what I'm interested in, focusing on my health and my career and my home and my spiritual development and my personal growth and getting to know Khadija again without having to worry or be concerned with other people. And I may have mentioned this before, as my after my mother passed away, I realized that I've never had an opportunity to do that. Um, I've always been... Or, or had to be responsible to or for someone else. So, um, I w- you know, I would tell the brother, like, well, you know, I'm not sure I want to be married. And he would just kind of dismiss it. Like, well, yeah, oh, you know, because we get married or, or, you know, or only for a little while. And he would say things that I felt like was very dismissive about what I was saying. And... Be, but because I agreed to talk to him, I was just kind of feeling like maybe he he's just keeping a positive attitude, right? Which is fine, right? And I didn't um, I didn't have a problem with that. But he, you know, he would send me gifts and cards and you know, reaching out, messaging. We didn't talk every day, but um, he would reach out one way or another every day and he would like communicate profusely (laughs) um even if we weren't on the phone talking um he came to visit and I was fine I didn't have any problems with that I actually um I was comfortable with the way that things were progressing except for that he was a little pushy in his positive attitude basically affirming that we were going to be married even though I hadn't agreed. Um, And I was, again, I was very forthcoming about that. Until one day, um, he sent 
a message because we didn't talk every day. Um, and there were some things that were a little off-putting to me. Um, and I just looked at it as part of his personality and I was deciding if I could live with that and in getting to know him and in this courting and it was long distance deal. Um, so, you know, I didn't have to see him all the time. Um, but yeah, it was some things that was kind of off putting, but I, I let it go. And the thing that kept coming up in all of that is don't worry about it, right? Let it go. Take it easy. Um, don't write him off, right? Um, cause it was some, sometimes I would be really annoyed. I would be really frustrated and I would hear spirit like, let it go, Khadija. It's not important. Just let it go. And I, he, he, he presented me with a ring and when I accepted the ring, I accepted the ring on the condition that we marry and he agreed to my dowry, which in Islam, women are entitled to a dowry or a bride price. Um, and I already know what mine is for whoever that I plan to marry. Um, and I had it in my mind already well before I met him. And when he gave me this ring, he gave it to me with hoping that I would accept it as my dowry and because that I didn't want a ring for my dowry I said that I will accept this ring on the condition that you agree to my full dowry and we marry right and I told him that you know I'm not agreeing to marriage I'm agreeing to commit to get to know you um and you know he understood that as far as I was as far as I knew he agreed to that and but he was kind of persistent and I didn't really have an issue with that I was comfortable with the way the things were progressing until again one day <laughs> I get a message asking me if we could talk about um make plans for a day and I had told him when I was telling when, when I had accepted the ring that I needed time to get to know him and to in order to agree to this and I thought that I was again being very forthcoming and very open and very honest and very clear but I don't I guess I wasn't clear because he just um <laughs> dismissed it and so two months later not even two months um Later, after I told him that it would be within a year, but I need time, right? So I'm not expecting him to send me a message two months later talking about we need to set a date. And um, it was another question in that, and I don't, it's not coming to mind. But um, I said, I'm not sure if I understand your question because I didn't agree to marry you yet. And he didn't respond to that message. And I knew that he was annoyed or upset or disturbed by my response because he would always reply one way or another. Uh, so I just let it go. And I, uh, in my mind, right after that message, 
I said to myself, I have to end this. And I got a clear message that's from, from, from source. Like, nope, you don't. And the message was, no, you don't have to end this. You cannot end this. You need to let this alone. You need to let it go. Leave it be. Right? And so I started to think on and reflect on and just and it, it was kind of washing over me like it was almost and it was an unintentional thought about this chapter in the book that I mentioned before um the game of life and how to play it by Florence Scovel Shin a chapter on non-resistance and I started to think about that frequently and it was like okay you let this go you need to practice this non-resistance you cannot be the one to end this relationship and but even though at this point because I'm kind of annoyed too and I was really only annoyed because I could tell he was annoyed um and because it was a lot of things over the course of the time that we were talking which was about two and a half or three months um that he would say that I'm like no I didn't say that I didn't agree to that and he would make a lot of assumptions he was very presumptuous about things and that was really frustrating to me and my question over the course of this time whenever with this would come up would always be can I live with this and I wasn't sure so I would give you know it was my intention to give him a chance um but it was a bunch of times where I'm like okay I'm gonna send him this ring back I can't and I never actually wore the ring he gave it to me I tried it on it fit perfectly and when I got home, I put it right back in the box and it's been sitting on my dresser since then. And I have never worn it. And in my mind, I said that I'm not going to wear this ring until I commit and agree to marriage. Um, so that was that. And for him, I think he was affirming the positive and I was kind of bracing myself for the negative. But the more I did that, the more he would kind of push until this day when this idea of non-resistance just kept washing over me. And I kept saying, okay, yeah, just let it go. Let it go. And I, I got a message clearly that said, he going to end it, don't worry. And, and so the next time I talked to him, we had a conversation about this message. Um, and he was clearly like I could tell over the phone that he was upset like he was angry right like he was hot <laughs> and I could tell it but I didn't you know and I, I try not to let it affect me but I was kind of annoyed because I've been forthcoming upfront very honest very clear and he acknowledged that from jump um and he even said that he was he didn't listen right but I think that I, I was feeling like he was judging me and holding me accountable for his mistake because I was clear and I was honest and I was upfront and I didn't not like I, I wasn't not going to tell him one way or another what my decision was. I really genuinely wasn't sure what my decision was, but he made the decision for me and there were some things, like I said, that was kind of disturbing, but I let it go. And the more I let it go, the more I didn't resist, the more it started to fizzle. 
And so after we had this conversation, and it was a couple, of, I think we talked for a couple of hours about, you know, that um, phrase, that statement, I didn't agree to marry you yet. And when I got off the phone, I before I got off the phone with him that day, I said, you don't have to do anything different. You don't have to change what you do. Just change what you expect. And, you know, he said, okay. And I told him, if you change, I'm going to change. Because, like I said before, I was comfortable with the way things were going. And even him kind of persisting that we would marry, I was kind of okay with that. Like I said, I just looked at it like him having a positive attitude about it. Um, And I'm okay with that. And whenever he would say something about us marrying or, you know, you, you, he would even say, he wouldn't say that you're going to be my wife. He would say in the event that we marry or as if it wasn't definite, but I felt like he had a positive attitude. So I even let that go. Um, but the next time I talked to him, which was a few days ago, he called me, um, and he basically ended it, right? And I don't think he was calling me so much to end this courtship as much as he was trying to make sure that he get his ring back. (laughs) So I let him off the hook with that. I said, you know, you don't have to worry about the ring. I'll send it back, you know? Um, and so kind of, kind of let him off the hook about having to ask for it, especially considering that I'm not the one who ended it. And he said that, um, because it was in my mind, it was an engagement ring and I made sure that I let him know that, you know, an engagement ring and a dowry are not the same. And I never wanted a ring for my dowry. And you don't get to decide my dowry for me. Um, but I'll send you the ring back. Because I did accept it under the condition that you agree to my complete dowry. And I never told you what that was. And since we're not going to marry, you won't know what it is. <laughs> so... Um, I say all of that to say, again, what you resist persists. Because the more I resisted the idea, even though I was talking to him, the more in my mind I'm not liking the things that he's doing and I'm not um, committing or agreeing, the more he's pushing and the more he's um, affirming that we're going to marry But the moment I said, and I heard it, and it was washing over me, this idea of non-resistance. And the more I kind of yielded to that, it was over. And and, And I started to think about all of the times in my life where I focused on non-resistance. All of the things that I did not want to do. Then I said, okay, let me just go and do it. And then ended up not having to do it anyway. Um, even with a job and everything, all of the times. And so, I and I've been struggling, y'all. Like, in the two months that, or almost three months since it's been, since I've shared an episode here, I've been kind of thinking about, okay, what it is that I wanted to talk about on the next episode. Because... 
even though I took this unintended hiatus, I've been wanting to get here and share, but I, it was blocked. And again, when I said, okay, let me just let it, let it be. It, it kind of, here we go, here we are again. What you resist persists. So, um, when I just let it go and, and opened up, here we have this non-resistance episode, right? <laughs> so, um, a, a, a very, very clear and important reminder to all of you loved ones, what you resist persists. So, um, and what you focus on grows. And so at this moment, I still, I'm still not sure if I want to be married. Um, I know I want to be married, but I'm still not sure if I'm ready to be married. In fact, I know I'm not ready because my focus has been for the last nearly seven years on healing because my last relationships was so volatile and so damaging and so violent and so abusive that I worried about carrying that into my next relationship and about attracting that thing, uh, that same type of thing to me and, and having that same experience. And when I said, I'm going to let this go, I'm not going to even worry about marriage. A lot of things started happening. Um, of course, I'm attracting men who want to marry me a bunch, right? Like I've had um, since my last marriage, three or four um, men wanting to court or engage. And I knew I wasn't ready. And, but I gave them a chance anyway. Um, and it didn't work. Again, non-resistance. Um, and so when around this time when I'm, wor- I'm kind of concerned. I was kind of worried. Yeah, I was worried. Not just concerned. Worried about um, taking this feeling, these, these, this baggage into an- another relationship. One of my aunties came and told me she's doing healing work. She's studying um, for as a, a spiritual healer, and she needed somebody or another person to work with. And she asked me if she could work with me, and that came up. Um, and it was like the moment, almost instantly, like right after I got off the phone with him and he ended this, courtship here she come and we're talking about this abuse from my past relationships it was in two very damaging and abusive relationships um and although both of them were very short barely one not even a year another barely two years um they happened within five or six years of each other um, within five or six years Um, one ended in 2006 and the other ended in 2011 Um, and here we are nearly seven years later and I know I'm still carrying that damn or that baggage I'm not damaged I'm healing Um, and I needed to 
clear all of that. And here comes my muscle auntie, and she's ready to help me do the work. And I've been doing the work with her. Um, and so when you open up and you allow the healing to come into your life, here it comes. Like when you're ready, here it comes. But when you resist it, because in my mind I thought I was doing the healing work anyway. And I, I was. you know, Or I just wasn't trying to get in another relationship, whether I was doing the work or not. Um, so, yeah. One more time, loved ones. What you resist persists. So, remember that. And I encourage all of you to do your healing work. Um, to open yourself up. For healing and to practice this law of non-resistance right because whatever you focus on grows and again y'all thrive flourish prosper be at peace loved ones intended to end this episode the way I normally do with you know contact information but I just found out a friend of mine from college passed away um I believe it was last night um young woman just 37 years old um and we she had been on a weight loss journey for the last um, I think two years or um, a little or or just over a year um, and she dropped over a hundred pounds and um, wow I don't even really have the words but um, I just feel like I need to acknowledge this um, we weren't very close we were closer in college um, and we kept in touch over the years and I'm like I'm, I'm rarely speechless right but um, I've been and I, I remember saying this yesterday to somebody um, life is short and we are constantly reminded of our mortality um, and I don't, I'm, she lived her life fully and completely, um, even when she was overweight, she accomplished everything she set her mind to do, and I don't know her, ta- her full struggle, none of us know another person's full struggle, but I need for you guys to, um, know this and always be reminded that this existence is temporary and um I felt like 2018 was a new start for me especially considering all of the transitions that happened in my family at the end of last year and um I'm seeing so many people are experiencing the same thing with loved ones passing at such young ages and it's happening like rapid fire people are just checking out 
um, into eternity. And it is so important to let people know that you love them. And it's so important to um, live while we're here. And it's so important to, to make the most out of the time that we have here. Um, and, and be an inspiration and an example. And she was. I won't say her name out of um, respect for her family. Well, yes, I will. My sister friend, Nakia. Um, wow. Nakia Valentine. Um, such so full of life and so bubbly and so happy or at least even when she was dealing with her struggles she was always consoling and helping other people she did suicide prevention work um, wow I don't even have the words I, I'll just say you know in the which is which means to um, from God we come and to God is our return yeah, when you, when you love somebody, tell them, let them know, uh, because life is so short, and um, you never know. We never know when our time is up, and it's it's like this is so surprising to me, even though I know that we only get so many days, we only get so many breaths, we only get so much time here, and our time is numbered. It's marked. It's written. So, you know, but it, it just, we, we never know when, it, when our time is up. We don't know when our time is up until the time comes. So, yeah, when you love your family members, your friends, let them know and make sure that, you know, you, you make the most out of your time here. here back to uh, close out this episode of Thrive, Flourish, Prosper. I absolutely intended for this segment to be a short, but then I realized that I didn't publish last night. Um, It's Monday morning. I am uh, preparing to start my work day. And um, again, I'm reminded how temporary life is or this aspect of life and how um, mortal we are as um, a friend of mine I learned that she passed away um, uh, uh, a day or two ago and um, she was a young woman not even 38 yet Uh, we went to college together she was very um, very active and uh, hilariously funny, and she did uh, suicide prevention work on a national level, um, and such a beautiful spirit, and um, it reminded me, again, how, um, how temporary this aspect of our life is, and how important it is for us to make the most of it and um, for us to do good work 
so that when we when our time is up here that people will remember the good that we brought into their lives and as I was um, reading some of the comments on her Facebook page um, that's what I uh, that's what struck me is how she touched so many people's lives and I don't know if she knew that um, we got a chance to talk about um, her weight loss journey um, I, I believe she said at her heaviest she was about 400 pounds and I know in the last year or two she has lost she had lost over a hundred pounds um, and I remember her and she had just had ankle surgery um, and I don't know what her cause of death was um, I know she had a brother and family members and um, just a, a thirst for life and living um, and very accomplished in the things that she set out to do and um, so I just wanted to close out this episode um, to remind us all that we only get so many breaths we only get so many days our time here again like I said in the last segment is short and um, I mean it's like a dot in the speck of eternity right um, and yeah we, we have to uh, we gotta manifest our divine attribute we have to um, if God said that it was a hidden treasure that wished to be known so it created creation um, we have to manifest that so that people might know God so um, I want to say be at peace until next time and I pray that there will be a next time because again life is temporary um, I'm Lady Khadija right now LadyKhadija.com is inactive probably for um, the better part of the summer I am building a network site at LadyKhadija.net and I intend to upload these episodes in shorts over there. You can catch me at Lady Khadija on Instagram and Facebook and underscore Lady Khadija at Pinterest um, and Patreon.com forward slash Lady Khadija. And um, I intend to build this Thrive, Flourish, Prosper network um, or this podcast, this initiative. Um, and, you know, to be totally honest, while I love my people and I love the work that I do, again, I am an artist and an advocate and educator, but I'm a simple servant first. Ultimately, this work is about me. Um, it's about my thriving and my flourishing and my prospering in this new phase of my life um, seems to be marked with death. Um, and death is a natural part of life. But, um, so, but it's difficult when I was mentioning to another friend of mine that it, it feels like if Flint, all of the people, my favorite people have left this place, um, whether they moved away or passed away, um, and it's difficult when you have to face your work on your own, especially when you're used to having a grand support system. So um, it's not that I don't have a support system, I'm sure, 
um, I do. And the more I align with my divine purpose, the people who are there to support that show up. So um, I just need for all of my loved ones to keep your head up, uh, be at peace, and um, always find something to be thankful for. And again, I hope you guys are growing and thriving and prospering um, and flourishing. So shine and glow, heal and grow. Be at peace, y'all.